and welcome to the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, July 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Marcus Nez, and today I've got quite a bit to talk about, including Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, as well as Promesa, Promesa, something along those lines. Just die already. I know you're thinking, why, why, why are you so negative about yourself? I, I'm not saying that I think you think I should just die already. But there is a game called Just Die Already, and I'll be talking about it. It's from the uh, makers of a gold simulator, so you should know what to expect. And uh, the procession to cavalry, or is rumble, tools up, because it just got some new DLC in the form of Tunnel Vision, Warhammer 40k colon Space Wolf, and Flatland Volume 2. And I'm pretty much just going to jump right into it. I did stream Doki Doki Literature Club these past few nights over Wednesday and Thursday night. It took me about nine hours, including points where I would stop for the end of streams where I would stop and just talk for a little bit. So I'd say my actual playthrough was around eight hours. And I'm not going to talk too much about the game when I get to it because so much of it is being spoiler free and as spoiler free as possible and I am going to do an attack the backlog episode about it which that'll be interesting specifically in that I I I do not think the video is going to be that entertaining to watch because I'm going to avoid any footage from a certain point onward and even the footage I use is just going to kind of be hodgepodge together and not really correlate to the the episode and the content of the script and all that jazz. So, yeah, it'll be interesting, though. I've got, I've got lots of thoughts and trying to figure out the thoughts that I want to convey or how to convey the thoughts I have in a way that is not spoilery. It's It's going to be quite the undertaking and then I am currently after this little break to play Doki Doki I'm currently going through Yakuza Kiwami over on the twitches and that'll probably take me a a while I'll probably finish it next week I should definitely finish it next week but it might take me all of next week to get through it because I'm just taking my time doing side stories as they pop up and just enjoying being in the world of Yakuza because I I like me my Yakuza games. Anywho, let's get to it with Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. I don't know what the Plus adds. I don't know how the console version, because I played this on Xbox. It originally came out on PC, I think, in 2017. And I'm pretty sure the Plus version is on PC as well. I don't know if it's a separate release or just an update to the original for all the people who already own the game except for the game itself when it originally launched was free to play i did confirm that i don't know if there were or was an in-app purchase type of thing to keep playing i don't know how the pc version worked at all and i can only speak to the console version which is what i played on xbox one and all i'll say about doki doki is one I love the game. 
It is finally the visual novel that has made me love the visual novel. And it's because it's not like most, if there are any other ones like this, it's not like most visual novels because it's not just that. It's not just a visual novel. You're not just reading text while some background art is there to go along with it that occasionally gives you choices or maybe it doesn't even give you some choices in some cases. It is taking advantage and utilizing the form, the, the, the medium of video games to provide an experience that you wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. And because of that, I appreciate the hell out of it and I loved it because it's something unique. It's something special. It's something different. It's it's more than a visual novel in my books because so many visual novels are just that. They are just text with occasional choices or maybe a mini game thrown in to give you some kind of feeling like you're actually playing a game. This is actually using the the medium of video games to do different things and also to subvert your expectations to go in wild directions and I don't want to spoil too much but I do think it is important I believe I don't know if there is text in the description there should be since this is a paid version but they do tell you when you start up the game too and they do give you a few options there are some heavy and dark themes in the game and if you are prone to being triggered by certain things you you can't play this game it is a very triggering game with many situations both in some of the dialogue and then the the imagery you see one of them being actually animated that i wasn't expecting it can be really hard to take in for some people and it could and will 100% be too much for some people. So it's an impossible game to just recommend outright, even though it is my favorite game of 2021. And the more I think about it, the more I love it because of the way it takes advantage of this medium. It, it might be an all-timer. Uh, it's, it's not going to be in my top 10 at all, but it it could be in the top 50. I, I don't think it would crack the top 25. That's a hard list to crack, but at the very least, I would say it's in my top 100. I've played thousands of games, so that's that's something. And I'd really have to go through everything and think about it because... I do still just kind of prefer the traditional game and how those work as opposed to this, which is still very much a visual novel. Don't get me wrong. It is very much a visual novel with a lot of reading, a few choices here and there, and then other things that I... It also handles the PC-specific things on console pretty well because some of the things especially later in the game and the story require i don't the thing that is at the very end doesn't require you to do this i think it just speeds up the process 
or it maybe does require it, or at least to get a certain ending, it might require this action, or it definitely requires this action. But the way the game handles being on a console with the console versions is really well done. And yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's just, it's hard because I want to recommend it to everyone. I just want to say this is a special video game. It is unique. It is a one of a kind game. It is very well written. It is well paced. It is so well put together, but at the same time, there are things in it that are going to be hard for certain people to take in. Things that certain people will not be able to handle. And because of that, it it makes it a game that you just can't recommend outright. You have to say it with some caveats. And, and to just throw out some spoilers right now for the next 30 seconds or so. So just 30 seconds starting here. There are themes of suicide, self-harm, and other such things that if, if those are things that can trigger you, that can affect you, that are, are, are things you don't want to confront or whatever, then you, you can't. You can't. For multiple reasons, it's going to be too much for you. So, yeah. But I think it is, of course, best to go into the game with as little knowledge as possible. I went into it knowing nothing but the fact that it gets weird. And even that, kind of luckily for me, my assumption or what I remembered people saying about it getting weird is that it got weird in adult ways, but not these mature, darker themes, but the more hentai, weird, sexual ways. So I... I was expecting things to get weird, but I thought they were going to get weird in a completely different direction. So that was good for me. It was just, it was an amazing experience. I, I am so glad I played this game at the point in my life where I started streaming because I don't think the experience would be the same had I not been streaming. There's a very likelihood that I would have stopped playing if not for that, because it does take a while to get going. It is a slow buildup. It is a slow burn, which isn't a bad thing. I think it's all good. It's just that I am very prone to not liking visual novels. So the only thing that would have gotten me to push through that without streaming would be the fact and the knowledge I already had that, yes, it it gets weird. Things happen. What are those things? I didn't know at the time. Now I do. And yeah, I think... Doki Doki Literature Club is an incredible game. It's it's truly one of the uh, most unique games I've played in years, and I'm so I'm so glad that I did stream it and that there are that the archive is there. I I need to get around to downloading. I think starting with Alien Rage, the archives from past playthroughs to put on the attack the backlog private YouTube page for Patreon so they they'll always have VOD access to these things because I think the time frame because I did finally see one or two of my playthroughs get deleted 
I think the time frame they keep VODs archived on Twitch is two months because my Octodad playthrough is gone now. And that's fine because I don't want to put anything... I wanted to start with the games that are of a higher quality when I got my audio shit together and my shit in general together. So it'll be funny with the one Yakuza episode where my webcam is covering the text because Live and Large, who you don't know, I don't think he listens to the podcast or even knows of its existence, but they were there for a while and they didn't tell me that they could read the subtitles, which is probably because they, I think, always watch on their phone. So they probably wouldn't be able to read anything anyway, regardless. But yeah, Doki Doki Literature Club is an amazing game that if you are okay with the the themes of it and, and where it goes, it's 100% worth checking out. Of course, part of that impact, that punch is going to uh, not be as strong knowing that stuff going in. Uh, if you did listen to me uh, during the little spoiler section, but I still think there is so much more and the the way it handles all that stuff and, and the way things play out makes it so that even even if you know where the story is going in certain regards, how it gets there still makes for an incredibly interesting 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 and engaging experience. I was also a bit self-conscious playing through it because I read the majority of all the text that was on screen and I am a little bit dyslexic and have reading comprehension issues so it can be difficult or it is difficult for me to read text and not stumble over my words on a regular basis really and I did have to push through mild embarrassment because I just, I don't know. I can't help but when doing that, feel like I'm stupid in ways uh, that's probably just uh, going back to the old uh, grammar school days and when my English teacher wanted to hold me back and instead of like, hey, maybe there's something wrong, I don't want to say wrong, but just maybe there's more to it than just Mark not caring and being lazy about English and only doing the other schoolwork. Maybe there, there's something more there. Like they have reading comprehension issues or this or that. It's just like, no, Mark's just lazy. Let's hold him back a grade, teach him a lesson. I, I didn't get held back because the teacher with the most seniority, who was the the math teacher as well, I was very good at math, she fought really hard for me and I forever I'm appreciative of that but uh yeah enough about all that if you'd like to check out the stream though twitch.tv slash px sausage watch it there you can follow me if you want to watch more stuff and stay up to date with all the streaming I do 8 to 11 p.m central time and maybe some more times thrown in I did end up streaming much longer for those two nights for doki doki because I did want to finish it and I wanted to do it over two nights. <laughs> I think How Long to Beat has an average of around four hours for the game. 
but I would go off on tangents and I would read somewhat slowly, I guess. I mean, read out loud is just going to take a little bit longer. And then I would really go on these long laughs and whatnot. There was a point where I sing a bit. So it's, it's just full of so many things. A few clips were made. One that is only related to people who are aware of the people in the Player One Podcast Discord, which is my favorite clip because I just uh, I find it amusing. <laughs> Anywho, enough about all that. Next up is Promesa. Promisa? I'm going to say Promesa. P-R-O-M-E-S-A. And this is a very short 30 to 45 minutes interactive art experience or something along those lines. I think they put it. And... I forget who it's inspired by. I think some Eastern European artist. And all you're doing is walking forward, essentially. Of course, you'll turn to go upstairs or to go in this room or that room. But really, you're just constantly pushing forward. There's no actual gameplay of any kind. You're not solving puzzles or interacting with people or running from anything. It might look like it could be potentially hoary at some point points or anything you might feel like or look at it and say oh i bet this gets weird at some point but it doesn't it's just an interactive art experience that has occasional paragraphs of text that provide a story i guess and visually it's kind of cool there are some really surreal points in it that are are neat to see from a visual standpoint but for me, the story didn't grab me in any way. And walking through these environments was pretty boring. I, I found the game overall to fail at grabbing my attention and pulling me in and wanting me to see what was next. I also highly recommend upping the walking speed by 40% because in the, the settings, you can increase the walking speed by 20 or 40%. And even at 40%, you're pretty damn slow. So I can't imagine going through this game at the regular speed. So I highly recommend doing that first. But yeah, it's, it's really short. I don't know how much it costs. There are 16 scenes in total. And you're not going to see them all during your first playthrough. So there's a call for replayability, I guess, but you can just go after you complete the game once. You can just go to the scene selection and play the specific scenes you didn't without having to go through the game from the very beginning in hopes that you'll hit the, the scenes you missed. But yeah, it's just... It, it was fine. Uh, it, it's not something I'm going to remember at all. It is a very forgettable experience for me. And I think it wants to be the opposite of that. I think it wants to be, I don't think, I, I don't think it wants to be powerful or anything. I just think it wants to be something you remember. And yeah, it won't be anything I remember. It does look all right. A lot of the environments have a pixely aesthetic to it, which isn't to say the art is pixel art, but just like the texture is made up of a bunch of really, really thick squares like a a Minecraft thing, I guess. But uh, yeah, that is Promessa. Then Just Die Already is from the makers of Goat Simulator. And it is just like that, but instead of playing a goat, you're playing an elderly person. You can pick between four different avatars. 
two male, two female, and you're just trying to kill yourself, I guess. I don't know. It It is one of those physics simulating things, and I, I continue to fail to see the appeal of these, in large part because you control like crap. Like, if you were... If the character you controlled felt really tight and you were just in this playground where you can mess around with the physics and all the stuff happening in it, but you yourself did not control like garbage, I could have more fun with this. But the fact that I myself, the character I inhabit, the character I control, is just like the rest of the game, the rest of the world, and controls and feels and looks like shit, I I just, I can't, I can't do it. It just, it it's not funny to me. It's not fun to me. It's just a why experience. Why am I doing this? Why am I wasting my time with this? What is the point of any of this? I, I just don't see the appeal whatsoever. I will say what bums me out is that Goat Simulator, which I haven't played in a while, I go back to it every now and again to just see if maybe it'll click with me. I remember that game being pretty ugly. Just already has a really nice, colorful aesthetic. I like the look of it a lot, which just kind of makes the whole fact that it's just as shitty to play as Goat Simulator that much more annoying. That said, if you really like Goat Simulator, I'm sure you're going to like this because I feel like from what I remember of Goat Simulator, it's just the same kind of bullshit, except you can... You can grab things with both hands. I think in Goat Simulator, you can only grab things with your tongue, and, and that was it. But now you have two hands that you can grab things with, so you can hold two things instead of one thing at a time. Yay. But uh, yeah, that's just die already. Then, the Procession to Cavalry is a classic point-and-click adventure that utilizes Renaissance art and a very Monty Python-esque sense of humor and just overall vibe to provide you with a very cheeky, silly story that will vary in terms of how well it works for you depending on how much you like that kind of stuff. If you're a big fan of Monty Python, you're probably going to be really into this game. You're, you're probably going to enjoy the story a lot. In terms of the point-and-click aspect of it, the gameplay aspect of it, I found that the... Puzzles could be more confusing than I would like, even though you do get pretty much all the information you need from talking to everyone. There's plenty of dialogue, and by talking to the characters in the world, they'll give you all the information you need for the most part. And so that's that's good that you, know, you just need to talk to everyone, and they'll pretty much give you what information you need. It just... It, uh, at times, still became a little bit confusing and frustrating for me. And the humor doesn't quite work for me because I am not a huge Monty Python fan. I think Monty Python has moments of greatness. I think there are bits in The Holy Grail and their other movies or their TV series that are really, really funny. But then there are a lot of misses. And I think Monty Python overall misses more than it hits. But that is a very me thing. I know that a lot of people adore the majority of Monty Python. And 
put it on a pedestal to some extent. And I, I, I'm not like that. So for me, the procession to cavalry doesn't work that well because I'm not that into that sensibility, the Python sensibility. And I found that the puzzling side of things was a bit on the, I mean, you know, you come to expect this from point and click adventure games uh, in a way anyway, but like obtuse and just kind of what, how, okay, fine. I guess this makes some sense in your logic, but uh, yeah, that is the procession to cavalry. It is a very, very pretty game. I do love the look of it a whole bunch. I will say that about Monty Python and all that stuff and Terry Gilliam. I, I love that whole using of Renaissance art, old art, whatever, to uh, make some really funky, weird, off-the-wall imagery. Then Worms Rumble takes everyone's favorite turn-based, silly, over-the-top strategy, whatever game. Would you call it strategy? Classic Worms? But uh, it takes that turn-based combat that is really fun and it's what sets worms apart i wish there were more games like the worms games i i think of pocket tanks and i think it was called warheads i remember there being a i i don't remember if it was freeware or shareware copy of this game warheads or something along those lines that i had on a a disc when i was very very young that may also have had tech war was it with William Shatner and I just man I love that Warheads game so much it was a thing where you had like a little ship or not a ship you had like a tank on planets and you would it was it was just so good I love that game so much but um Worms Rumble takes that traditional Worms gameplay that we all love and throws it out the window in exchange for some real time Team Deathmatch and Deathmatch action. I think there are a few other modes. And you know what? This should come as no surprise. It sucks. I don't think the real-time gameplay feels good at all. It is all uh, 2D, of course. Side-scrolling thing. And you're in these environments, these arenas. And you'll pick up various weapons like a shotgun, a pistol, a machine gun, a bazooka, and throwables and other such stuff. And you're just there to take out the enemies. You move with the left analog stick, aim with the right analog stick in 360 degrees, and then shoot with the right trigger. And then I think the, the bumpers are your throwables. You have consumables that are tied to like the D-pad. And yeah, it's just... It's a weird, weird game in that I don't know why it exists. Who thought that fans of the worms games would want a worms game like this i don't i was open to it potentially being good but it's it's not it's bad it's it's not fun and i just look at it and i'm like why would i ever choose to play this over a real worms game i don't like this at all and that's that's too bad what i would actually really like to see is a worms game that and maybe you can make this real time but put it into the 3d space like a valkyria chronicles where it's still turn-based and have destruction on the level of something like i mean like the worms games but thinking of 3d games red faction gorilla 
Like, give me that level of destruction and the gameplay, the turn-based gameplay of Worms in a 3D space. I think that could be really cool. I don't know if they've done a 3D game. I feel like they have, but I, I can't be sure, or I'm not sure. That's really more so accurate. But uh, yeah, that's Worms Rumble. I do not recommend playing it. I do believe it is on Game Pass. I got a code for it, so I can't say for sure. But if it's on Game Pass, sure, give it a shot if you want. If you think that maybe Worms in real time, good old Deathmatch and Team Deathmatch would be fun. Also, the team balancing for at least Team Deathmatch is so fucking broken, it is ridiculous. I played a few matches of it, and multiple times, they would break out the teams, and I don't know if it just meant that the other team had a full team, and they just all dropped, which seems very weird if that's the case, but it would be a full team of like 12 or 16 players against a team of four. And it's just like, one, this isn't fun because I'm constantly running into my own teammates and not the enemy, and two, how is this fair whatsoever? How are you not fixing this game? What is going on? This is so fucking broken. So I really only found the deathmatch mode to be of any value because my experience with the team deathmatch was that that happened multiple times. But yeah, that is Worms Roll. Then Tools Up is one of them party games like overcooked and whatnot where you have to work together it's a cooperative game where you have to work together to get tasks done within a time limit and whereas overcooked is about creating meals and all that jazz this is about home renovation basically so you'll be tiling flooring you'll be wallpapering walls painting walls removing weeds planting all that kind of stuff you're you're just making a house better you're renovating it essentially and I really like this game when it originally came out. The one negative, and I believe this is still the case, is that it is couch co-op only. There is no online play whatsoever, which is really disappointing. Especially because I think Tools Up is by far, having not that much experience with games like this, but I think Tools Up is by far the most accessible of these types of games. I think it, one, works really well for single player, for solo play. Like As a single player game, yes, no matter what, these games, Overcooked, Tools Up, Moving Out, I think is another one, they are going to be tedious because you have to do everything yourself. And instead of like setting up a system where you can overcome obstacles or whatever to skip a lot of extra walking... Uh, you can't do that when playing by yourself. So it it's inherently going to be a tedious experience. But if you ignore that, if that doesn't bother you, I think Tools Up by far feels the most able to be beaten to its best. Like I, I don't feel like I'm just scratching by or, or just getting by. I, I, I feel like with every level, I'm able to complete it to its fullest to get all three stars playing by myself so i really appreciate uh, that about the game it looks good runs well and they just came out with their second piece of dlc called tunnel vision and this adds moles which would come out and dig up holes in the yard and the grass and all that jazz that you have to worry about both falling in and just patching and and cleaning up 
pools that you can use to uh, push tools, pools and tools uh, to other players. So that it, it creates this kind of not menu system, not navigation system. This like uh, whatever way of transporting this transportation system, a transportation hub uh, to get tools to other places faster. Uh, there's lava and some more plants and stuff. And it's just, it, it's more of tools up. And I I played through the, the other DLC as well, which introduced a raccoon, because uh, I didn't play through that. And it just, I really like the game. I think it's it's a good time. I just wish it had online play. And maybe it didn't, I missed it. But if it did, it was definitely added down the line because it wasn't there initially. Um, but I like Teal. I like Tool Zone. I think it's fun. And in a way, it's relaxing because while what you're doing is tedious and you might feel pressured when playing by yourself, if you really just do what you're supposed to do and don't fumble or get distracted doing some other things or whatever... You have more than enough time to get things done. Maybe you'll miss out on that last 5%. But for the most part, with levels, they give you plenty of time to get everything done. And it's it's a good time. I enjoy it. Then, Warhammer 40k Space Wolf. I'm going to be real quick about this. I played this game on console. And I think it's very important to state that because I can't speak to the PC version and the PC version might be very different, but I, I mean, I'm sure it is very different in at least some ways, but Space Wolf on Xbox, which is where I played it, is just a broken, unintuitive, clunky mess. And I could not, I could not play it for more than like 15 minutes because how fucking broken and horrible it felt to control. It, it, <sighs> Navigating the menu. It, so, Space Wolf is a turn-based tactics game. Think XCOM and the like and stuff like that. Advanced Wars, uh, Fire Emblem, I, I guess. And just tactics games. So, smaller scale uh, turn-based strategy. And navigating the menu for controlling your characters and selecting the actions and what you want them to do is very unintuitive with the controller. It does not feel good or smooth at all. And then it just seems so fucking broken in that there will be menus that you go to and then you'll have multiple choices or things that you can do, but it's, it's not allowing you to do anything. So for instance, I accidentally pressed the end return, end turn, not end return, end turn button during one of my runs, and it asked me, are you sure? You still have some action points left. Are you sure you want to end your turn? I could not select no. And I pressed every button on the controller. I moved the analog stick. I did everything I could possibly do, but nothing worked other than pressing A to confirm that I wanted to, in fact, end my turn, despite the fact that I still had action points left. There are so many hiccups like this, it was jittery. It just, it's a really, really messy experience. It's really, really rough on console right now. I hope and I, I do believe it'll probably get 
some of those kinks ironed out, but to what extent will it really be fixed? I have my doubts because I think the unintuitive nature of the actual core gameplay and the way it controls is not going to change. And that is more important than the bugs. The bugs are annoying, yes, but it is the unintuitive nature of controlling the game that makes it incredibly... No, I don't want to say miserable. I don't want to go that far. It's just, it's just not fun to play at all. I, I have no desire to play it because of the way it controls. And the, the bugs and all that are just icing on the cake, are just the cherry on top of the bad experience I had with it. So I just, I would say don't bother with Space Wolf at this time, potentially ever, or at least not on console. I, I can only speak to that. On PC, it, it's probably a much different experience and could actually be a good time. Then the last game I played is Flatland Volume 2, which is a platformer that has fantastic music so good i love the music the the menu music before you start up the game about 30 seconds in or whatever a sax starts playing and i was like man i am so into this and then i started playing it and i'm like this seems okay and i kept playing it and i'm like oh i hate this the the platforming feels okay the jumping feels okay but whenever you have to do wall jumping or cling to a wall, which is a lot to, to get around these spaces and navigate all these hazards, because it's uh, one of those 2D platformers where you're in a small area and you're trying to get to the end and you want to avoid all the, the obstacles so that you don't die and have to restart over. But the wall... Clinging, jumping just feels so finicky and very specific that if you're not hitting it or I don't know, it just it doesn't feel consistent either in how it at times will actually stick. Your character will actually stick. Your little square dude will actually stick to the wall and slowly fall down or if they'll just kind of ignore it and fall straight down. It's inconsistent. It doesn't feel good. And it just it ruins the experience because I spent way too long on one level just trying to get to a thing it was an optional level but i died maybe 30 times in a row and it was it was annoying it was frustrating and frustrating more so because i like so much about the game i love the visual aesthetic it's got a nice vibrant neony kick to it the music again is great i really like the music that i've heard and the the jump like other than you also have a dash mechanic which feels okay but uh that the wall stuff just fucking ruins the whole experience and another thing that is frustrating is that they market it or whatever as having instant restarts because they you're gonna die they know you're gonna die there are a whole bunch of achievements for dying this many times and that many times and so on and they know you're going to die a bunch. It's because it's that type of uh, platformer. It's a platformer, if you, you will. But they advertise it as having instant reloads or whatever. But they're not instant. They're about two seconds. And you might be saying to yourself, two seconds is like nothing. That's true, kind of. Two seconds isn't really that much. But in a game where you could die every few seconds, two seconds 
is like a complete playthrough of a, a level. It's a complete run of a level. And it can get grating when you're doing the same level, like for me, 30 times in a row, and you die over and over and over again because it, the screen will be black. I was trying to think of the transition to the name, like I guess like sliding in from the sides or whatever. It'll slide to black, and then it'll be paused for maybe a second, and then it'll come back. Uh, and in that time, it's, it's roughly two seconds. I, I timed it because I'm like, it's not perfectly instant. There is a pause, and it was basically about two seconds, which adds up after a while. It's by no means a deal breaker or anything if the controls were tighter, but just something that can be frustrating in isolated situations. But yeah, that is Flatland Volume too and that will do it for this here episode of the pixelated sausage podcast once again i am marcus ness y'all can find me on twitter and pretty much everywhere at px sausage the site is of course pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast and attack the backlog both of which are available on podcast services across the globe if you'd like to check out my streaming as i mentioned at the top of the show you can go over to youtube nope that's not that's not just streaming no, i'll get to youtube later you can go over to twitch.tv slash px sausage i think it's a pretty good time i'm a pretty good time to hang out with because i'm just a normal person i'm not putting on a character or doing anything ridiculous I mean, I'll, I'll make ridiculous voices and I'll do crap like that, but that's just me. But I'm not like, I don't know. I'll, like, I think one of the nice things about me and my streaming is that I, at no point, and I don't shove a bunch of crap on the screen and all these like little widgets and whatnot. I'm not like, hey, hey, don't forget to follow me. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to do this and that and whatnot. And I have all these buttons all over the place. They're like, hey, don't forget to subscribe. Hey, you want to give me some bits? You want to do this? Like, no, I just, I play the game. And if you're there and you're chatting, I'll interact with you. And we'll have a good time. And that's that. That is that. So if you, if you want to hang out, if you just want to lurk and watch, all is well and all is good. Again, twitch.tv slash sausage. If you want to watch the more polished video work I do, and not just the streaming nonsense, now you can go over to youtube.com slash sausage and watch the videos there. That is where you can get the, the best version of Attack the Backlog, the video version. But uh, yeah, if you'd like to check out the art I'm making, go back to the site, pixelatedsausage.com, and if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. Anywho, that is it. That is all. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week. And bye.